What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great episode of Moving Forward ahead of us. I am joined today by Dr. Will Diemport. He's a digital learning strategist, entrepreneur, and host the fantastic Dr. Will Show podcast. How are you today, Dr. Will? I'm great, John. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I was a guest on your show not that long ago. We had an absolute blast. It's actually one of my favorite interviews uh, for shows that I've guested on. So it made perfect sense for me to invite you to be on the show. And I'm so excited to have you share your story this time since I shared mine on on your show. So, uh, Will, tell us a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, I am... And by, uh, I guess, day job, I'm an instructional technologist with a K through 12 school district. And in that role, I help teachers uh, understand what going digital means and actually implementing the tools that we have in our district. Uh, we are a one to one Chromebook uh, school district in many of our many of our schools. Also write for EdTech publications. And I host a podcast and do some consulting. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, talk a little bit about what that looks like for educators uh, getting into the digital space. Well, it's, it's really different uh, because, you know, like all industries around the country, you have a lot of technology coming in mm-hmm. and not everyone is prepared for that sort of disruption of, you know, traditional teaching and learning and leadership, et cetera. And for some teachers, you know, it's just a difficult transition for them to make. And quite honestly, they will tell you that they refuse to use the technology. I was curious about that. I mean, what uh, do you find that there is a lot of initial resistance, at least from educators to really go into the digital space? Yes. You know, normally you'll have like that sort of three groups of teachers. Uh, you'll have that first group. They're ready. They're excited. They're they're <laughs> yeah. not afraid of technology. And they're going to go for it. Right. And you have that middle group. They're kind of sitting back, you know, just surveying the land and seeing how this thing is going to play out before they jump in. And then you have that group who they refuse to use the technology. Now, some have have a philosophy of I'm a great teacher. Look at my test scores. Hmm. I don't need to use this. Why is this stuff here? And some, you know, the technology is just they don't want to be bothered with it. They 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 don't like to touch the buttons. You know, the right. computer is something that they don't deal with. Well, and for those who are in that third group, the ones who who just really have the tunnel vision. I, I stick with, look at my test scores. I don't want to mm-hmm. branch out into this whole other area. How do you, how do you bridge that gap? What, what do you say? And what, what does the conversation look like when you engage with that group? Some, I try to show them the win. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, okay, let's look at your assessments. Yeah. Let's create a test using Schoology. Mm-hmm. And what? And for our listeners who may not be familiar with it, what is Schoology? Uh, Schoology, I'm sorry, Schoology is a learning management system. Okay. 
and it allows teachers to actually create online courses. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we have adopted it. Uh, We are on our sixth year with it. Okay. Uh, And so what I try to do is, okay, let me show you the win. Let's let me show you how you can create a test that can be Mm self-graded where you don't have to even worry about grading 120 papers or I mean, 120 tests. This thing is going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. For some teachers, that win is enough, (laughs) you know, for me to say, okay, let me show you something else and ease them in. But for some, they still refuse. And for that group, I don't bother with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm you can not only a, fight so many battles, right? Yes, because, you know, I'm not an administrator, so I can't make them do anything. Yeah. And quite honestly, that's something that I had to learn with my job because, you know, we had high, high, very high expectations for when we went one to one. And we were talking about transformation and personalized learning and you know, kids creating projects and doing all of these things. And I went in just gung ho, mm-hmm. you know, trying to push it. And when I, you know, got the pushback, you know, I started to get upset and and, yeah. and angry and frustrated sure. and I didn't like my job. Mm. And then I just realized you can't make grown people do anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so either they're going to do it or they're not. Yeah. You know, and me not being an administrator, I can't put that sort of weight on them to use it either. The only thing that I can control is my actions. Yeah. And so I had to figure out how on my end am I going to play the game? And so that's when I decided I have to show them the win win. And if I can do that then hopefully, you know, year two, year three, we can get into that uh, transformational uh, point. But right now, I just got to get them in the game. Yeah, yeah. Now I hear you. And and that could be tough, especially in a traditional field like education. But one of the things that I love about what you do, Will, is that you you don't just confine yourself to the school, to one school. Uh, you launched a podcast, and I would love for you to share with our listeners what inspired you to launch a podcast, and I'd like you to define for our listeners what an edupreneur is. Well, uh, the f- first I would say an edupreneur mm-hmm. is an entrepreneur with an education focus. Mm-hmm. And so... And what I mean by that is, of course, we want to be profitable because no one should go into business without wanting <laughs> to make a profit. Right. But we do it from an educator's lens, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of I have list I have tried to because I'm trying to learn the business end. That's a lot of things that we lack is understanding the, the business part of it. So I've, I've tried to watch videos and, t- and talk to business coaches about the business piece and what I really find sort of the chasm between us is when they talk about things, they don't understand that as an entrepreneur, I have a season for work. Mm-hmm. There are certain parts of the year where schools are spending money. Yeah. Then testing comes in, stuff slows down. No one from the outside is coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have summers off. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention you have issues where if like 
you know, Title Title One funding was cut, and Title well, excuse me, Title Two funding, yeah, Title Two funding was cut. And by the way, Title Two funding is the pot of money where a lot of districts use to fund consultants. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'll say the entrepreneur is that person who is education minded, education first over the business in terms of I'm trying to make the impact and the income. Yeah. yeah. The podcast came about, honestly, for some selfish reasons. Uh, I reached out to a friend of mine who is really big in the uh, education consulting speaking space. <clears throat> and. You know, after he sort of pulled me to the side and hit me to the game of, okay, Will, these are some strategies you need to employ, at, you know, do this. I, I I did a couple of gigs, you know, made some money, and I reached out to him and I said, hey, how can I do what you do? I want to get to that next level. Yeah. And he said, Will, you need to create content. Mm-hmm. Now, for him, that meant blogging. Right. Now, this dude is a writing machine. I don't <laughs> understand <laughs> how he does a blog post every week with his schedule of traveling and speaking. Mm-hmm. And I just sat back and I said, no, there is no way in the world I'm going to produce that much content because I understand that in this digital space, along with sort of your quality, you want to be consistent. Right. And I knew that I wasn't going to be consistent with that content. Now, prior to me becoming an instructional technologist, I was a chief social strategist for a career development company. So, and with that part of that meant I had to create content uh, for our online platform. And I created a show mm-hmm. where I were interviewing people. And I said, well, I have fun doing that. <laughs> and you do it really well. I speak from thank personal you. experience, but uh, well, thank I think, you, thank you. no, that's fantastic. And I speak to, you know, what, it is that you provide to your audience because I know that your your audience is a lot of educators, a lot of people who are maybe thinking about entrepreneurs, and I'd like you to share with our listeners. So, what is your big why? What is your purpose? What gets you up in the morning? I'm trying to get educators connected, meaning getting getting them in the digital space to connect with other educators, learn from other educators. And I'm also trying to connect educators to a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, no one joins this field looking for that pot of gold because mm-hmm. there's no pot of gold in it. Right. Right. But we don't need to be martyrs to our profession either. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, you know, spin out of their own pocket for their classrooms and, you know, take on second jobs, you know, because they have children, too, or yeah. families or, you know, mortgages, rent, et cetera. And I just want and I want them to not only start thinking of themselves as full fledged human beings beyond the classroom, beyond their students and understand that you are entitled to live your best life. Mm, I love it. I love and what it. does that look like? You know, yeah. and I'm. And I'm just trying to provide a platform where I can bring in people to speak to them to help them understand how they can do that. And one of the things, and I think you shared this when uh, I was on your show, is that 
a lot of teachers, I mean, it's no, it's no secret that teachers don't get paid a lot of money in their day jobs. I mean, they, they put in a lot of time, they put in a lot of overtime, as you mentioned, oftentimes their own money out of their own pockets to invest in their day jobs. And what you, what you shared, which I found, I found really interesting was that during the off season, during the summers or during some of the, the downtime, they will take jobs such as being greeters at Walmart, uh, things like that, just to, to be able to survive. And what I thought was very interesting, and I, I love your mission, is that you are providing uh, you know, food for thought on another pathway, becoming an edupreneur. And I think that is something that's really, really powerful. So, Will, uh, you know, share... I, and I, I'm going to flip the next question because you already talked about some of the challenges. But for a teacher, let's say a teacher who maybe is starting out, young teacher, maybe very open to digital, the digital space. If you, if that person is listening to your show and they're trying to pay the bills, they're trying to pay back student loans, and they're finding that, you know what, I, I, I feel like I'm sinking. What advice do you have for that person to start maybe thinking about using digital media creating content to become an edupreneur? What are some of the first steps that you would advise for that person? The first thing is to find your lane. You know, find that niche. Find what your expertise is in that you can become that expert, that thought leader in. Yeah. And then start creating content around that and start speaking at conferences and getting out in front of different audiences uh, where people can see you, where they can hear you, they can see that special secret sauce that you bring to the table and get on Twitter and network with people, communicate, share what you know, share what you are learning, share what you are doing in your school, in your classroom and build those relationships with people so that you become a part of, of, of a community where not only can you see what other people are doing, but you are learning what other people are doing and building those relationships where these people can hip you to, hey, this conference is coming up. Go ahead and apply to this conference. Uh, I can't write for this art, this magazine this week because I have something else to do, but they reached out to me. I'm going to put your name in the hat. Ooh. Uh, make those connections because too many of us give away stuff for free, literally. Hey. And, and can you – because, I, I, first of all, A, I love what you're sharing. I mean you are dropping so many knowledge bursts already. But let's break this down a little bit. So one of the things that you talked about was the secret sauce. So for a teacher, uh, can you share an example of a particular specialty or skill that, that you've come across in a teacher that is extremely valuable that they may not even realize is valuable content? Okay, so I work with a teacher named Mr. Jackson. Mm -hmm. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal teacher giving direct instruction. Mm -hmm. And for those who are listening, direct instruction is that traditional teaching of the teacher is at the board. They're talking to the class. Yeah. Now, he also uses different technologies in his classroom. But when I saw how he was teaching because not everyone can do direct instruction like he can. Mm -hmm. And I mostly advise teachers not to do it because most of them are terrible at it. Mm -hmm. Number one. And number two, when you look at different uh, writ ranges, which basically means the different levels that the students are at, 
if you have 25 kids and you have a writ range between 150 and 300, teaching to everyone at the class at the same time, the same way is ineffective to reach them where they are. So that's where using different different tools and technologies where where you're able to differentiate and meet your students where they, where they are to not only engage them, but to move them forward. Yeah. Now, Mr. Jackson, again, being as dope as he is, <laughs> he's able to really reach children. Now, he also uses the different technologies as well to, yeah. again, differentiate, et cetera. So when I saw him doing what he does best, I said, oh, let me get this man an iPad. <laughs> And let him use uh, this app called Explain Everything, mm-hmm. where he could create these videos of him giving instruction, explaining a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, what his students are getting is his instruction are done, done the way he normally does it. They're hearing his voice. It's being explained the way they see it every day. Yeah. So while his secret sauce being... He's phenomenal at direct instruction. Now, when you're using these apps, you can create tutorials. Yes. That you can start to sell those tutorials to other teachers who may use them in their classes, but parents who want those tutorials for their children. Oh, I love it. I love it. Because and, and so that's my you're thing. integrating scale. You're also crowdsourcing best practices from someone like a Mr. Jackson whose style can benefit a teacher who's maybe hundreds of miles away. And so mm-hmm. I, I love that you're, you're bringing this into the equation. So I think moving forward, listeners, that you are getting a real taste of what an entrepreneur is. Now, there are two other things that you hit on that I really, really would love to unpack. So you talked mm-hmm. about getting uh, exposure to conferences, speaking at conferences. Now, for a teacher... Uh, let, let's take an example like a Mr. Jackson. How would he get connected to a conference and start speaking about what he does best? Well, normal education conferences, they on their websites will have announcements of this upcoming conference will will be uh, at this date, at this time in this area. Mm-hmm. If you want to uh, present, you know, fill out a proposal mm-hmm. and then, of course, on Twitter, and LinkedIn, those announcements come through as well. Yeah. So as a teacher, you just put together a proposal and, and they have, you know, little templates of what they're looking for. And you put together the proposal and always do it from, again, what you do best. Mm. If you don't, if you're terrible at blended learning, then don't. Don't present on blended, learning, on blended right? learning. Right. <laughs> you know, and if this conference focuses on blended learning. That may not be a conference for you either. Yeah. So, you know, find that conference that in terms of content fits what you do well, fit what you know well, and then find, again, that secret sauce, that extra special that you can bring to that conference. So sticking with Mr. Jackson, if we were talking about a math conference, Mr. Jackson can talk about how he uses technology tools in his classroom to remediate, uh, to enhance his learning, as well as differentiate different students at different levels. Mm-hmm. And he has that background. Yeah. Uh, he can talk about he can talk about using school as your learning management system in his math classroom and how he uses that to further his learning in his class. 
So that's what you want to do is to find that space, because the great thing about these conferences is not only are you able to learn and engage with fellow educators and see what other educators are doing and share what you are doing, but you have people who write checks at those conferences. <laughs> and there you go. I mean, so it sounds like, well, the key here, it really starts with finding those opportunities. And it sounds like that they're out there and really putting yourself out there, just uh, taking that extra step to not just be a passive attendee, but maybe put yourself out, move a little out of your comfort zone and, and share your expertise front and center on stage. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. One more thing, and then we'll move to the knowledge burst session. You're already sharing some great knowledge burst. You mentioned Twitter, and I, I've become a big fan of Twitter over the last year or so. So talk about that for an educator, why you recommend that they get on Twitter. Twitter is the best PD you will ever find. PD? Can you uh, uh, professional development? Okay, professional development. Okay, it's gonna be the best you'll ever find. And and you look, you could be just a guy working in corporate America. I say the same thing because normally organizations, including schools, will give you PD professional development that they want you to have, mm-hmm. and and you sit there in that room with a consultant, and you're just going, mm. and a lot of times that does not fit particularly you. If they're talking about something, you know, they could be talking about this reading program or this tool that doesn't fit you as a chemistry teacher in, in you know, in high school. Mm-hmm. But school paid for it. The person's coming. So you're going. Yeah. And so what I like about Twitter from the PD level is as a teacher, you get to, to choose the people you follow. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, and if that person no longer serves you, you can unfollow them. Uh, <laughs> so but, it's like being at a conference. It's like instead of, you know, where you go to a physical conference, maybe once a quarter or once every couple months, this is like being at a conference 24-7. 24-7. And you get to follow all kind of people based upon interests, strengths, yeah. you know, areas of growth or what have you. So I follow a lot of people in ed tech. Uh, a lot of educators have been blended learning and online learning, and I'm starting to follow a lot more people in in business as well because those, those are some areas that I want to learn more. And so teachers can do that. And so I tell teachers all of the time, get on Twitter, uh, create what we call a PLN, a personal learning network, where you can actually create that group of people, that tribe, if you will, of people that you want to learn and grow from. I love it. What a great, great share. Moving forward, listeners, if you're an educator or even if you're just interested in building up your PD, your your professional development, Will has shared some great knowledge bursts already. Well, speaking of which, let's stick on this train. Are you ready for the knowledge burst session, Will? I think so. All right. I think you are. So one thing that you hit on, which I think is so powerful, you talked about your your learning network, building a community. And I'd like you to share, if we have teachers who are listening to this, they're getting fired up, they're getting ideas, they're taking notes, what do you suggest is the best way to form that community, that online community, whether through Twitter or LinkedIn? Do you have any suggestions for our listeners? If you're first starting out and you don't have anyone you're really following, start with the hashtags. Mm -hmm. Uh, On Twitter, there's like hashtag edchat. Hashtag sped chat, hashtag 
NT new teacher chat and bl hashtag blended learning. So there's all of these hashtags surrounding our profession. So I would say start with the hashtags to start finding people that are within your field, within your area, your whether it be your grade level, your subject area, your specific subject or interest, ed tech, leadership, follow those hashtags to see the people that are heavily involved in, in those hashtags. Then that'll give you a group of people to start following. Yes. And once you are start can see those people, you can start connecting with those people and start sharing. And then there are all things called Twitter chats, yes. which are chats built around those hashtags. Yeah, no, they're very powerful. I'm a big fan of those. I think you, you've just gotten two knowledge bursts for that question moving forward, listeners. Well, let's switch gears. With the holidays coming up, I'd like to ask you, what is your favorite holiday gift to give that costs under $30? I didn't expect this one. <laughs> Throwing um, you for a little bit of a loop, but it's one of my yeah, favorite questions to ask. Or it doesn't even have to be the holidays. It could be all year round too. Just like a budget-friendly gift that you like to give to maybe friends or loved ones. The people that I, you know, outside of my wife, that I give gifts to are my nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. And I always give cash. Uh, because cash is never the wrong color. <laughs> it's so funny. I just interviewed uh, someone earlier who said gift cards, and I'm hearing a trend that uh, rather than try to rack your brain out to figure out what the person wants, you know, cash, gift cards, I mean, you can't go wrong there. Yeah. So, no, I, I love it. Very, very good share. Will, share with our listeners today as we're speaking, what is one small choice or step you're taking today to move forward? Betting on myself. Mm, and what does that mean? It means controlling what I can control. Um, I, I can't control the outcomes, but I can always control my effort. I can control whether I show up or not. Mm -hmm. I can control, do I put in the work? Am I doing the research? Am I, am I reading uh, am I connecting with people in the areas in which I want to grow? Yeah. That's all within my sphere of control. I'm betting on myself. Now, whether or not that leads to anything, I can't control those outcomes, but I can, can control what I do. I love it. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Will, are you ready to do a little time travel? Yes. All right, we're going to step into a time machine. We're setting the date for five years from today. Tell me, I'm excited to ask you this, who is Dr. Will in 2023? I host a nationally syndicated radio show. Ooh, I love it. Yes. I love it. And what it, what are you doing in addition to hosting a nationally syndicated radio show? I'm an adjunct professor. Mm -hmm. And what so are you I, teaching? I, I am teaching uh, social media leadership uh, with ed leaders and educators. I love it. Absolutely love it. And here, I love to ask people who specialize in digital and social media, and I'm going to ask you, what do you think social media will look like in five years? 
I, I think, wow, in five years, I think it would be sort of not even maybe on a phone. <laughs> you know, it, it, it may be augmented reality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where. You're actually, you know, whether it's your regular glasses that has something in it or you're putting on the goggles. And when you connect with people, you, you are literally connecting with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be pretty amazing to see what that looks like in five years. Will, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the fantastic work you're doing? Well, I'm on Twitter uh, at Dr. Will. Uh, they can go to my blog, uh, www.thedrwheelshow.com and check out the latest latest episodes of my podcast. And if you search uh, for Will Deamport on LinkedIn, you'll find me there as well. And we'll have all of those on the write-up. Will, close out the show for us. What parting wisdom we're approaching the holidays, the end of the year. What parting wisdom do you want to share with our Moving Forward listeners? I would say stay in your lane. I love it. You know, don't get caught up in what other people are doing. Don't get caught up in trying to do everything or be everything. Find your lane, show up, work it, and you should find the success you're looking for. Oh, I love this. Moving forward, listeners, stay in your lane, bet on yourself. Control what you can. Don't worry about what you can't. I mean, this is an incredible gift for the holidays. Will, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today to share your story and some incredible tips for our audience members, some of whom might want to be edupreneurs going into 2019. Thank you so much, Will. Thank you, John, for having me. Absolutely. Check it out one more time, bemovingforward.com. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at bemovingforward. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.